0: Welcome back to the show. We're about to learn the secret sauce.
1: All right. Excellent. Leon, what is up? How are you doing? Doing good, brother. Doing good. Good to see you.
0: Yeah. Likewise. I mean, I've seen you on Twitch quite a bit. Um, 100 devs. I know you from 100 devs. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know the Resilient Coders connection until later. Yeah. But Um and what I don't know when when did Hundred Dev start?
1: Hundred Dev started just under three years ago. Under three years ago, like 2020? Yeah, 2020. Late 2020. Our first like real cohort was 2021. Our first big cohort was 2022. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Cause I I would
0: watch um it was like I guess evenings our time Mm because you're on the West Coast. And uh yeah, I would watch just you doing the teaching and training and then i started telling everybody i do <laughs> i appreciate it's like it. like 100 you. devs just check out the hashtag you'll you'll eventually find your way yeah to we, where the streams are.
1: We built a pretty amazing community, and it's been wonderful to see so many folks active across all the different platforms. We have pulled a lot of folks mm-hmm. from Twitter, and it's just been great to see a lot of engineers such as yourself kind of help us out. Yeah. Excellent. Well, let's actually uh, do a quick intro. So let, sure. let the audience know who you are and what do you do? Sure. My name is Leon. I am the managing director of engineering for Resilient Coders, and I'm a community member and teacher at 100 Devs, which is a free live coding boot camp originally. But now we're working on a paid pathway for anyone to learn how to code. Excellent. So Pathway is like courses. Yeah. So our ultimate goal is an agency model where companies come to us to get the wealth of experience. Our graduates have gone on to work at Amazon, Microsoft, all the big tech companies you can think of. They come back to lead projects that folks that are learning can go through. And while they're learning, they can also commit to issues and get paid as they go through the learning journey. Okay, so completely excellent. free but now also paid.
0: Okay, so yeah, the paid journey is that you get paid. Yeah, you pay. get paid. You're
1: not paying us money. In <laughs> okay. fact, like that's our whole ethos. Like you should never a dollar should never come out of your pocket to learn. Yeah, uh, we really believe in free education, but Unfortunately, free isn't free for everyone. right. A lot of our folks are taking 10 plus hours a week to learn that time comes away from themselves, their families, their ability to provide for themselves. And when we asked our community, Hey, how much money would you need to actually be able to learn? It's $200 a week for some of those folks. And so we're trying to build a pathway for them to where if you don't have the privilege of free time, you can also still learn. Yeah, which is huge because boot camps.
0: I don't know what the price of boot camps are now. It's like got to be like twenty k or something crazy. Yeah, like
1: that. it's it's pretty wild. Twelve to I've seen with full in stipends like eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, oh. on the really high end, and that's just the cost that a lot of folks can't bear. Not only monetarily, but. You're, you're giving up a lot of time away from loved ones and that ability to provide for them. Yeah. And so for folks that can see the opportunity of a boot camp as something that could help them grow and get to a career that they want, it's still okay. super unattainable, even with things like. Um, I, I hate them but like isas and 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 kind of deferred payments things like that is still not enough
0: yeah I, I say being I mean, income share agreement yeah exactly yeah that I mean that I think uh app Academy was the first one I saw do that where you'd like give up like 10 15 percent of your salary for first year second year third year or whatnot which is kind of like indentured servitude a Oh, Of bit. course, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. I don't know if it we're anybody's just calling like,
1: it a fancy three letter name. Yeah, as pretending it's something different, but it's, it's not. And uh, I think that's the other thing, too, is that even though 100 devs is a free program, the thing that we're always thinking about is that. Being free is not enough because people's time is often even more valuable than the monetary commitment that they make for a traditional boot camp. And so we're really respectful of that time. Uh, We're really respectful of the idea that we do it traditionally post work hours. We're making sure that all the classes you can catch up with. We have, we like to call them the illustrious catch up crew. So if you don't have the privilege of doing it live, you can always catch up with a whole community of folks that want to support you as you continue. Very cool,
0: ketchup queue. Yeah, yeah. From, from being open source, we were big fans of ketchup. Hey, <laughs> there we go. Here. Excellent. Yeah. So I mean, it's the. I mean, my story is I, I did a boot camp. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a boot camp then. Yeah. Uh, it was block, and you got a mentor one to one, and you go through the curriculum, but you meet with your mentor once a week. Yeah. And I got so much value out of that. It didn't scale, which is yeah. why they got acquired and no longer yeah. around. Um, but I also had just had my first kid at that same time. Yeah. So when you, when you talk about time, it's like yeah. that was more expensive than how much it cost because it would cost 5K at that time, which was cheap in today's dollars. Yeah. Um, but I guess what I'm getting at is like I, I spent my nights and weekends learning and I knew it was like either now or never. Like, yeah. So it was lunchtime at work. It was get home, put the kid to sleep and be like basically have my wife go to sleep and I would just be up yeah. until like 1 a.m. So since I'm already up, like waiting for the kid to like, because yeah. he had a lot of like reflux issues and stuff like that. Wait for him to wake up. I just be like learning yeah. nonstop and then go to sleep for four hours and then go to work. Yeah. And that was like my life for three months. Yeah. And, um, I don't encourage anybody else to do that. <laughs> like there's definitely another path for other people. Like yeah. where you could be sustainable, uh, in your learning journey. Uh, which I think like getting a paid learning opportunity is a much better opportunity yeah. than my situation.
1: And I think one of the things I've realized after doing this for 10 years, as hectic and wild as that seems, it's still a privilege that a lot of folks don't have. And when I look at kind of the graduation rates out of RC, even a hundred devs. Now it's always those barriers that stop people from progressing, right? It's not a want or a desire to learn. It's the fact that life gets in the way and how can we remove those barriers of life getting in the way for everyone. And boot camps are great. They don't scale with those problems, right? Um, They don't provide a pathway for anyone, specifically like the physical in-person boot camps. And so while they're amazing, and I think that a lot of folks can get value out of them if they have that privilege of time, that privilege of monetary funds, we're trying to build something with 100 devs that works for everyone. And so if you are going to do a paid boot camp, I don't have any qualms against it. I think they're great. They provide two really fundamental things. One, you've paid a lot of money to be there, so you're probably going to show up. Yeah. And then two, you do have that community. Yeah. And that community, I think, is the most important thing. Like the folks that are with you, that mentor that you mentioned. And so at 100 devs, even though you might be doing it singularly, we talk about ourselves as community taught. Right. Where it's not just me, it's a community of folks that are streaming, a community of folks that are on discord that are bringing you along on that journey where you're having discussions and dialogue, and it's just not a singular kind of like MOOC experience. It's, it's, it's something more than that. And so I think that community that you get from like a physical or a paid bootcamp, we're trying to replicate online because I, I agree. It's one of the most beneficial things when you're learning.
0: Yeah, it, it's the. It's sort of what you explain of levels and like paid boot camps, paid experience. I think it's the same thing with universities, like yeah. where you have the opportunity to go to university. Some people don't have that opportunity. Yeah. So they go to community college. Some people don't have that. So they go to trade school yeah. and like you continue to trickle down, trickle up, whatever it is. Um, but I guess what I'm getting at is like there's different paths for everyone. I think the real important part that there is a path. Yeah, That people know there's a path and like going back to my situation and me growing up, I didn't have a mentor when I was in high school or middle school to say, hey, do computers like this is this an opportunity that it's going to be great for your career moving forward it was just i had to stumble into it years later
1: i think one of the things that particularly comes up particularly in the black community is doctor lawyer dentist yes right so my whole my whole trajectory of like learning i i was super into robotics at a very early age i love to build uh, my only toy I wanted to play with was Legos. I, once I got into high school, I was always tinkering with computers that they had there. Like I went to an engineering high school, right? Literally engineering is in our title and still I wanted to be a doctor. Yeah. And so all the signs pointed to engineering being my pathway, but there was nobody to be like, Hey, you should do this engineering thing. It was doctor, lawyer, dentist. And yeah. so I feel as though if I had had, like you said, that mentorship early on, I would have started this journey a lot sooner and it would have been, I think it had a really big impact. So I think you're right. Like having that pathway, making that pathway known and supporting folks through it. Because if we look at traditional pathways, we look at, like, say, university. If you're talking about university pathway, that's excluding almost 68, 70 percent of the population in the U.S. that don't go through that pathway. The folks that do go through that pathway are being saddled with debt. We know to even get into that pathway, you needed to be in uh, a good school that got decent grades. But to be in a good school, you need to have the money or live in that area. But to live in that area, you need to be able to get a mortgage. To get a yeah. mortgage, you had to be not black. And so (laughs) I mean, even even the pathways that we put together right now uh, don't support people that look like us. And so uh, my journey at RC is to build one of those pathways and then with 100 devs to build a pathway for anyone everywhere.
0: Yeah. Can we start with uh, your your journey at RC Mm -hmm. and like first, what is Resilient Coders? Yeah. Um, And then like how did you get involved and what was your what's your role? Sure. Yeah.
1: So Resilient Coders is a free stipended boot camp for folks of color in the Boston and now Philadelphia area. And so. We originally started, David Delmar, our founder, started it off as kind of uh, an intervention program for incarcerated youth or returning citizens coming back from that system. We were focused really with young men predominantly, and it worked. And one of our like dirty little secrets is the first dollars that we ever brought in actually came from the from the Boston Police Department. Like that's the first funding we took in. Um, and it, it was a program where we we're trying to give them skills that they could utilize to change their economic future. And it worked, but it wasn't, it wasn't the scale that we wanted, the impact that we wanted to have, uh, in Boston, we have a fundamental problem where it's hard to go through this without getting angry, (laughs) where we have our politicians that'll get on the podium and be ecstatic about a two to 3% unemployment rate. When if you just look over their shoulder, I don't know if we can curse, can we curse? (laughs) We we look over their fucking shoulder and you see the neighborhood behind them, it's double digit unemployment. So how are we exist in, at that time, the second largest tech economy outside the valley and you're touting a 2% unemployment rate when we're talking about double digits up to 30% when the pandemic hit? How dare, (laughs) right? Like how dare. And so at that moment, when you see that reaction, you have to realize the Calvary ain't coming. We look at the jobs that our black and brown brothers and sisters depend on in say Boston, they're going away. Number one job for a black male, a little trivia. You can guess garbage collection. It's close. Driver, driver Driver. number one job for black male. Number one job for black female,
0: man admin
1: close. Yeah. Yeah. So admins like number two or three. Number one is retail associate retailers. Okay. That so let's up. just stop and think about that for a second <clears throat> driver. That's gone. How soon do we want to guess five yeah. to 10 years max? Too simple already has self-driving trucks on the road. Uh, we already have a number of companies trying to get self-driving working. So the number one job that our communities rely on for black males gone. And we're already in double digit unemployment. Number one job for black females, retail associate. I don't know last time you've been to CVS and talked to a human. It's been years Uh, for me.
0: Unfortunately, self-checkout. Yeah, it's it's a thing. It's been a thing for
1: a while. Fourteen million, uh, 14,000 kiosks at McDonald's. So you don't have to order food by talking to someone anymore. These jobs are going away. So when you realize the Calvary coming, our jobs are being engineered away from us. How do we get folks into this vibrant tech economy and the way that we saw was through developing folks software engineering skill set. There's this window of opportunity that honestly doesn't require a degree. You can learn it. You said you did how long was your boot camp? Uh, Twelve weeks. Twelve weeks. And it can unlock a career that's four times the mean average for somebody in the Boston area. And it's a no brainer. So for the past six years now, We've worked on building a program that can take someone from zero technical skills and our program's 18 weeks to give them the skills they need to unlock this whole economy. And our secret goal or or not so secret goal is that if we can get someone, specifically someone in like the 18 to 30 year old range into what our average is 92 to $94,000 a year, that's millions of dollars of investment back into the communities that we wish to work with and it has a whole new meaning to being able to hire folks. Because when you look at the biggest tech companies in Boston, you look at their employment numbers, less than 3% black or brown, in some of the largest tech economies, sorry, largest tech companies. And at the company I'm thinking about, that's the largest, one of the largest employers in Boston. You look at their leadership, it's less than 1%. Yeah. So when our students get these jobs and they get these jobs well, they turn around and they hire three more. That's the only cost. So the only cost at RC that ever comes out is I want you to turn around, bring three more people with you. And a hundred devs. It's the same thing. You'll never pay a dime. You're going to pay with your time and you're going to pay with the ability of turning around and bringing three more folks with you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I heard a story of, um, recently I was at a Microsoft event and we got to talk to a bunch of leaders in particular, like with the manager group. And, uh, one in particular worked at or sorry he came from a country i forgot i'm blanking on the name of the country but outside the coast of south africa or south africa outside the coast of south america it was a black island and he made his way all the way to work at microsoft and his mantra the entire time he's worked there is when, when the elevator goes up with you like mm. make sure you send the elevator back down oh yeah because like you've got a like people are always like it's it's unfortunate but as a person in the space, a, a a black male in the space, like I'm a mentor to so many people, I even, don't even know most of them. Yeah. But I, I realized that burden because I I was a benefit, like the benefactor of yeah. someone else who brought me up in the elevator. And it's one of those things that we actually back when. So I was I worked at GitHub uh, almost five years. I was pre-Microsoft acquisition. Mm. And one of the things with the black the cats that we had to have the conversation around was we're all gonna get a, a, a big windfall uh, of stock, Microsoft yeah. stock or cash. Like, what does that mean? Mm. Well, everyone else who's like, you know, they're paying off the student loans. Like, if we had student loans, amazing. Uh, not everyone was benefiting enough to even yeah. get loans. Um, but everyone is like thinking about what they're gonna do with the money. And like, we're thinking about who we're gonna support yeah. with the money. So it's like, gotta, you know, pay off some debt for a mom or dad or That's a grandma. Yeah. And uh, it was like, how many family members we had to support because of this was like super beneficial. like Cause it's all about your lineage, your family yeah. tree. Can we bring more of our cousins, nephews, nieces, uncles into the fold and like understand this? And it was just like kind of surreal that we were having this conversation while the entire company was having another conversation. Yeah. And I felt good about like what I did with my Microsoft stock and who I was able to help out yeah. and how I can basically expand yeah. uh, my reach of like who I can impact and mentor. Uh, but it's just something you just don't think about, even with the talking about the time and the money, but also like the family.
1: Oh yeah. The, the, the individuals that go through our program, resilient coders would not be able to do it without a stipend. Yeah. Just fundamentally not possible. Too many folks rely on them to provide. And so taking extra time, especially for as rigorous as a course it is just not possible. And even like when, uh, the pandemic hit and we decided to go remote, the main reason we went remote was because we knew we had to protect those families our students aren't going back to their one-bedroom condos they're going back to an intergenerational household that might have four generations in it yeah and so we realized that impact very early on that if we can get one person a job and in fact one of the 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 best recruitment pathways we have is people's brothers sisters cousins uh uncles that come back because they see that it works and that change it can have in one family and i i like that you brought that up too is that there's a lot on the line. That's not just our individual success. It's our people's success. And that's been something that we've carried for years. Yeah. Centuries.
0: No, it's, it is. It's literally, literally that because we, yeah, there's just, there's so many variables that that go into somebody changing their, their lineage. Uh, You'd mentioned it in, uh, in, in passing, but like redlining. Yeah, It was like literally a thing that we could not live. And I say we, Underrepresented folks as we we come to the space like we could not specifically live in certain neighborhoods yeah um because that wasn't it wasn't set out for us yeah and that that becomes kind of astounding because like even here in in LA uh, where we're recording this there's like certain neighborhoods that are now being gentrified that I growing up I'm like I I want to drive to the watch the trick. like yeah. my, my grandpa I remember my grandpa driving me down like the Rodney King like the 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 experience of like all the writing and stuff like that yeah and like hey this is where that happened this is where that happened and i'm just like i i didn't know any of that stuff because i'm like 11 years old i'm just like i sort of remember people saying rodney king yeah but like that's now all new housing and all gentrification and it's amazing because it's 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 nice that the neighborhood is nicer but what where all those folks like where did they move to
1: and that's why I think a lot of the work that we're doing is really important. I love what you're doing with open source and the work that you've done to support our people, because I think like in 2016, the Obama administration put out this dossier that was like 83% of jobs that make $20 or less are going to be automated away. Yeah. So if we're already in areas that are being redlined, if we're already in areas that are being gentrified and our jobs are being taken away from us, what are we going to do? Yeah. How, to, what? And we know the Calvary ain't coming cause they don't see the double digit unemployment rates. Like, what is the solution? Right. Yeah. And so the work that you've done, I think is impactful. The work that we're trying to do at RC is, is trying to do something because the revolution's coming, right? It's coming. If you looked at what happened with industrialization, like, like early 19 like 1911 when they got like labor day and all that stuff the reason why we have labor day is because we had riots people died (laughs) because of this industrialization loss of jobs and so we're seeing that now already about to get way worse yeah two million call center workers with gpt running around getting better at that every single day three million truck drivers that are going to have the the their jobs taken away it's it's just it's going to get
0: wild it's the it's the What's fascinating because they're in this this you mentioned Labor Day, but like also the strikes that writer strikes are having yeah, right now, like right all now, the folks yeah. who are in the lower level jobs inside the the, the the movie industry. But there was the the notion of like when the telephone became operated, like hmm. sorry automated. they yeah. had the operators, and everyone was like all up in arms about all these folks are going to lose their jobs. Actually, my grandma, who I mentioned, she worked for Bloomingdale's as a computer. Yeah. And she would do the sort of uh, that's so cool. Yeah. The sort of switchboard stuff yeah. like that. It was like her first job because uh, my family's is actually uh, from Cuba. Yeah. First job over the I guess the the gateway 90 miles uh, from Cuba to Miami. And that was her role. And like wow. it wasn't the role she stuck with. But yeah. it was a role that went, went, went away really quickly. Like yeah. you don't need that anymore. Yeah. So like all those folks had to find the next thing. And you'd mentioned a couple of times around uh, covid and everything going remote. You started something, and it mentioned 100 devs. Can you yeah. talk about that origin story of 100 devs? And yeah, what sure. That was doing?
1: So, pandemic hit. Uh, a lot of folks, of course, were struggling. A lot of folks lost their jobs or didn't have the privilege of working throughout that time. And so, I'm not a doctor. Uh, I didn't know what skills I could bring to help. And so, I have been teaching for a while now. I've been teaching tech education for a while, and I said, hmm. Maybe we could do this online and I really thought it'd be like me and like 10 people. And I decided, you know what, let's put it all online. Let's make it live. And we can talk about why I think live is really, really important. I think it's something that's been missing in the space, but I wanted to do it live. I wanted to do it, um, for folks And our first cohort wound up having 300 plus people, a stream tuning in to like go through this course live.
0: How'd you, how did 300 people even find out about it?
1: Reddit. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Reddit was a big source. Twitter was a big source. Uh, uh, as you know, a lot of our RC students have gone on to have amazing followings. You work personally with Brazil, Paris, um, folks that know what we're able to accomplish and do and that have benefited from it. We're able to promote it as well. So first cohort, was about 300 folks. Our goal, why we're called a hundred devs is because we wanted to get a hundred people jobs and we did it. We, in that first cohort, by the very end, we were already at 77 a couple months after we hit our hundred goal. And so that was it. I wanted to get a hundred people jobs with our first cohort. We did it. And these are folks that went from, it was a $53,000 average increase in their jobs. So not only did they lose a 30,000 job, but they came back to an 80,000 plus job. Um, so that had a huge impact and it was for anyone, anywhere. So they had to be from the US. Our first jobs were from Brazil, Poland, the UK. And when 2022 rolled around, we said, all right, we're going to do it again. But we learned a lot, made a lot of mistakes, I'm going to fix a lot of things. And it went viral. And so we had 7,000 plus people on some of our classes. We kind of hovered around 3,000 people live. And even though our cohort's been done for almost six months now, we still have 300 people every single day that do stand up together live. Uh, So it's a fantastic community, 50,000 plus on on Discord that are learning for free uh, that has a community to go through it. We always talk that we're community taught, that we're not doing it alone, we're doing it live, and our jobs now are out of this park, so we had, over half a million dollars in client work from the last cohort that people right. brought in. Cause you have to get a client, you have to contribute to open source and you have to do a, a hundred hours project. And so we had over half a million dollars in client work brought in. We had over 300 grassroots orgs that were supported building actual products for them. We had over 350 open source contributions to all the big stuff, like even the current stuff like Astro, Material UI, MDN, some Mozilla projects, and then we're over 400 jobs now. Wow, yeah,
0: that's amazing. What an impact that that this is making. I mentioned that we have one engineer who's working with us, who went through at least part of the hundred yeah. devs community. He mentioned he didn't go through the whole yeah. courses, but he had hundred devs and his hashtag on his profile. I reached out was like, Let's "Hey, see you, so you contributing to our open source project. Like, do you want a job?" Yeah, and he's been he's now leading our front end. That's amazing. Point. Yeah.
1: They're badasses. Talking about people that want to materially change their lives, that are hungry, they're going to put in the work to learn these things and that are now leading the charge. We have folks that have gone on to work at Amazon, Microsoft, all the big tech companies and even lead the local communities that they already belong in. Wow. So
0: what's next? What are you what's the plan for hundred devs now? And then also RC as well. Like what's what's yeah. next for that organization? So,
1: For us, there's kind of two pieces. One is that we understand that resilient coders, that being free isn't enough. And so we provide a stipend because not everyone has the privilege of time, uh, and they need those, that time that they'd be in class with us to work or to take care of their children or to whatever things they need to attend to. And so from the very beginning to be equitable, we provided a stipend to our resilient coders folks. And now we're expanding outside of Boston. We're in Philadelphia. We're looking at other areas to expand to. And so we're trying to prove that model that we had at RC in other cities and build up communities of folks there. With 100 devs, we've opened it to the world. So anyone that wants to learn how to code can join us. However, we haven't been able to provide stipends because it's thousands and thousands of people. So how do we do this change at scale And hundred devs will always be free. All my resources are free. All my videos, curriculum, everything is online. Most of it's on GitHub. Um, So we'll never charge anyone. We, but we realized that free is not enough. And so our community developers are building an agency. And the idea with the agency is that we're going to have individuals that work at the best tech companies that have all graduated from hundred devs are coming back to lead projects. Those projects are then broken down into individual issues that anyone that is learning can contribute to and get their share of the money that came in through that project. And so all the profit that comes into the agency gets distributed to the folks that are learning. So they're not just learning for free. They're getting paid to learn. And then ultimately as we scale, Uh, we see two bigger verticals kind of like a pull request as a service so companies that value the work that we provide can just simply use our bot to give issues we complete them from folks in our community and then long term we want to build our own products where the monies that come in through those products get distributed to all the workers that are part of 100 devs and a small portion of every single thing that we do goes into a pool so when you graduate you get the share of that pool so it's an incentive to get through the program as well
0: yeah. You know. Honestly, I'm I'm enjoying everything I'm hearing about this and I've so much like more thoughts and insights I'd love to talk offline oh, of about course. this. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, it sounds like we're we have concentric, concentric oh, yeah. synergies happening oh, yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. And uh yeah, I would love to chat more, but I know we're like running up against time. Sure. Uh, so I appreciate you coming up uh That's up, right me. up the 10 to come yeah, like yeah, chat yeah, with yeah, us. Yeah. And uh looking forward to, you know, collaborating more with Hundred Devs for sure. Love it. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, and stay saucy. Stay saucy. The secret sauce of the podcast produced in-house by OpenSauce, the open source intelligence platform providing insight by The Slice. If you're in San Francisco and interested in being a guest on the show, find us on Twitter at SaucedOpen. And don't forget to check out OpenSauce at opensauce.pizza.